right, all right, all right. Woo, welcome back to Nerd Encyclopedia. All right, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> Nerd Encyclopedia is brought to you by electricity and the internet. Electricity and the internet, two things you need in life nowadays, because without <laughs> them, how would the world be? That's correct. It surely wouldn't have so much fake news. That's for sure. <laughs> fake news. Faker than fake. Fake. You know, fake people news. actually believe that's, right. that's real. So, you know. That's right. And I'm Scott joining you from the darkest timeline. I am Sam and I'm on the other side of that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is Nerd Cyclopedia. We're going to talk about some nerd topics today, beginning with a, a specific letter. Um, it's been a bit since we've recorded. It's been a busy uh, second half of 2016, to, basically. To, for, uh, to say the least. Yeah. In, um, a lot of in person. Real, uh, real interesting things. Yeah, it. you know, a lot of life things have happened. You know, people's lives have changed, you know. Yep. Some for anyway, so we're not here to talk about that because that's what, not a fun what, thing to what, talk what, about. What is that? <laughs> we're here to talk about. <laughs> we're here to talk about nerd stuff. Yeah, nerd stuff. And things that, 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 are, that actually uplifts you, up uplifts you, and um, makes the most out of life. You know, it's what nerds do. Yes, that's what we're here to do uh, to make you feel better about yourself by letting you know how nerdy we are. <laughs> that's what <laughs> that's what nerds do. That's what encyclopedia is for. And uh, I'm glad we're back. Uh, it's been uh, an interesting sabbatical. Um, we're here to talk about a specific letter today. Okay. Uh, before we do, we just want to say, of course, you can find us on the Twitter. Uh, definitely get us on iTunes. Give us those reviews. And as always, uh, a five-star review is appreciated. And uh, you can review us with a different uh, rating. But remember, uh, we'll give you the business if you do we that. We will give you the business, so, people. And don't forget to visit NerdCyclopedia.com where you get all our latest information and updates and just opinions on, you know, nerd culture. If you care about our opinions, you might. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Who knows if you care about our opinions? Hashtag hate Sam. Hashtag hate Scott. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. So um, what letter are we up to today, Scott? I believe today is going to be um, the letter that means a thousand right. in Roman numerals. All right. So that's good, yes. right? A solid uh, grand, a, and that is M. M. I love the effect letter. I still love M. it. It's my favorite part of this. Yeah. <laughs> M. <laughs> and M, of course, uh, uh, great. Uh, a lot of great stuff going on there. A lot of great TV stuff, uh, for yeah, sure. A lot of great nerd so, stuff. Uh, so let's start with um, a TV show that nerds have uh, are definitely into. Okay. Because it's an honest portrayal of the uh, internet and IT sort of culture. Right. And that show is, of course, Mr. Robot. Mr. Robot. Mr. Elliot. Yes. You know, okay. Yes. <laughs> the authentic, um, you know, um, hacker, you know, and hacker mm -hmm. culture. It's, it's, it's mm -hmm. some things about hacker culture that's like, um, it, it gets a little really deep. I'm not that tech techy. But some of the things that they really go into on that show is kind of it's, it's it's really deep, you know. If it actually happened in real life, which is probably happening right now as we speak, to be honest, um, right? It would really turn the world on its head, and how and it and, and the show really talks about how deep um, people are into tech. Period. On the surface, and then you got the underbelly of hackers that are really deep into tech. That um, right. Um, Find ways to turn the world on his shoulders. So that's what the um, show really gets into. I like it. It is interesting. It's interesting that uh, there's uh, what's what's really been interesting lately is the dichotomy between what you're seeing in the real world when it comes to uh, hackers and government. Yes. Um, and government uh, propaganda. Right. And how th in this universe there is almost like a white hat right. hacker group who's got anarchist and um, uh, libertarian sort of leanings as opposed to mm -hmm. what we're seeing now which is sort of authoritarian and uh, uh, you know uh, propagandist uh, hacking so which is really which is it just it's interesting to think about you know what the uh, I guess the strike back team would look like right yes that's what I'm thinking about anyway 
Well, I mean, it's it's funny how we're so ingrained in like social media, internet culture, and everything that the you know dissemination of information goes out, mm. and who knows what comes back? Who knows? Um, <laughs> I guess common sense would would lead you to say, okay, you can't believe everything you read and hear. But on the internet, you know, it's people out there that actually believe everything that they hear and see on the internet. Okay, if 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 it's on the internet. That means it's true, okay? Right. If it's on the internet, that means that um, you know, some somewhere in some deep conspiracy, you know, in the, in their minds that it must be some element of truth about it, or else it wouldn't be on the internet. And that's not always the case. Anybody can make a website. Anybody can make a website. Anybody could post. If you're a creative white writer enough, you could create fake news. You know, mm-hmm. um, and that's a powerful thing when you've got those that who aren't you know, tech savvy or tech heavy or whatever, um, able to go to sites and look at something that maybe a 12, 13 year old made and say, okay, wow, this is, this may possibly be real. That's, that's right. a dangerous thing. And that's some of the things that Mr. Robot delves into, um, among just, you know, the hacker culture and the dark internet period. So. Yeah, it's a real, it's really interesting to see how, you know, Mr. Robot honestly is almost like a, it's like an Ocean's Eleven with computers. Right? Uh-huh. It's kind of what it's like, and and they do sort of, uh, you know, uh, it starts kind of as like hacktivism, and then sort of, kind of you know, uh, moves on into what you could almost see as financial terrorism, right? Which is so interesting. They try to wipe out the debt record of the entire world, right. which is just so. So neat. I gotta say, my favorite character is Wellick. I just love oh, him. <laughs> He's so like creepy and like, who was missing the whole second season until the um, last right. episode. Yeah, I, right. I, I I look forward to seeing him towards the end there too. So it's just so creepy and his vampire wife. It's like, oh man. Oh, I love his. I, so I love up. his vampire wife. Boy. Listen, I'm not gonna come in one side or the other on the scale. On this one. I am gonna say that. You know, I, now maybe now I understand why ladies like the vampires. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, that maybe that's it. Now that would be the twist, right, for season three, is that she's a literal vampire, oh, right? She is, in yeah. fact, a vampire. That, that, that will be. I will watch that. I will watch it. I will watch it. You know, let's just, let's just get let's just get deep. She's been she's old. She's a thousand years old. You know, and she's been doing this. For so long, <laughs> right? <laughs> it just turns just turns out she's like ancient. She's like this. It was a lot harder. To, it wasn't as hard to take down the Romans, you know. It's like so. So spoiler tracks. Um, yeah. if you haven't watched Mr. Robot up till now, then um, stop. You know what you're doing, and go ahead and watch. You know the first and second season of Mr. Robot. Okay. All right. So question: Are we thinking Tyrell Wellick is real? Is he alive? I'm gonna level you, Sam. I never saw the second season. I really never even watched season oh, two wow. at all. Okay, well, I mean, I'll spoil it on our own podcast. Okay, it's okay. You can just tell me what you think. That can that's how this could work. It's okay. Um, I I I don't I, at this point because the thing about Mr. Robot, and if you sort of relay it to real life. You don't know what's real. Mr. Elliot does not know what's real because he has a mental condition. Okay, mm-hmm. he has two personalities, possibly three personalities, inside of his head battling, and he's fighting for control over him. So, um, whose whose eyes he's seeing it? You know, seeing things through is always a question on every single episode um, that that right. he's actually in. So, what's real and what's not? Um, he's the ultimate unreliable narrator. Okay. If you, I guess, if you relate relate that to real life, um, you can look at the internet as an unreliable narrator, um, if, and in the fact that you got the mainstream media, what have you, you know, um, posting different things on, um, you know, certain truths and facts, and then interspersing with different opinions on those facts that may be, you know, left or right leaning, or you know, just just have an outsider's perspective on certain things, and people assume those are actually facts based on, um, you know, certain opinions and everything. Um, I guess taking it back to Mr. Robot, um, like I say, he doesn't know what's real and what's not. You know, he's always, um, but he he still has his own central personality. Elliot does, and. Mm-hmm. 
we're trying to figure out if certain characters on that show are actually there or are they not or who's real or who's not. Um, at this point, towards the end of the second season, it's still a question of whether Tyrell Wellick has been killed or not. So, Right. That whole – I know that, that that moment when Elliot wakes up in that SUV and it's just uh-huh. – <laughs> it's gone. You know, that's just mm-hmm. – a, that's a weird – it's a heck of a moment right there. Yeah, the uh, first season was really good. The second season uh, wasn't on par as on par as the first season. Um, mm-hmm. The creator is is said that he's trying to make this. It was set up to be a movie at first, but he got to writing and um, um, had so much detail involved. He found out that he eventually needed to make this into like actual series that spanned about four or five seasons. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know how far that's going to go. It may actually go into. It's been so many crazy cons- um, conspiracies or theories, I should say, on what this act- what this show might actually be. Like, like they're they're saying it might actually turn out that um, that Mr. Robot is actually an android, or Ellie is actually an android that was created a long time ago by um, uh, what is the um, uh, the um, Chinese dude's name or the the lady White Lotus. White um, white lotus. Is no, no, it's it's white, white, white rose, white rose. Oh, white okay, rose, yeah, right? Yeah, that she. Oh man, I don't. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 right. Um, that it was created by her and um, you know, other factions in her in her syndicate or what have you. It's it's just a bunch of different things. Like all this is may may just be like extra science fiction fantasy and stuff. Uh, where it was was sort of born out in the real world and expanded after that. So, it. Whether it goes four or five seasons remains to be seen because it is rate the ratings are really still low even though it's critically acclaimed. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes a network still keeps a show on like AMC did with Mad Men um, to keep the prestige factor in a in a network. You know, AMC needed Mad Men to um, sort of bring out Walking Dead. You know, it's the highest rated show in America or whatever. But um, it's not critically acclaimed like Mad Men was for them. Same way what uh, Mr. Robot for USA. Um, they're bringing right. out different other shows that um, may do better in ratings, but they can still tout Mr. Robot as one of their prestige pieces, um, especially since the um, actor um, Rami, Met- Rami Malek, is that his name? Yeah. yeah. He, uh, since he won an um, Emmy for playing Elliot, you know, which was really good for that show. Well, USA needs a prestige piece for sure. I mean, they're definitely the they're the network of like you know, uh, like suits and stuff, right? Yeah. Like they're uh-huh. not known for producing a lot of real high quality stuff. Mm-hmm. They're known for kind of churning out background uh, weekday syndication stuff. So right. For sure, Mr. Robot even being on USA is something that is. Uh, I remember when they started it, and people were talking, started talking about Mr. Robot that they were surprised that it even made it on the network because it right. was just such a bizarre. It was such a, a left turn, right? Their whole thing is their whole thing. Characters welcome, yeah. That's ca- them, right? Yeah, characters welcome, and so I guess, like, I, I mean, I guess it fits that, but it's more. I mean, there's a lot more pathos. And it's a much more bleak worldview than, say, for instance, it's that one where the the guys like the Beverly Hills Doctor or whatever house calls right. or whatever that right. is. Yeah, that guy. Let's see, that's a different tenor. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> for it's a sure. whole different for um, sure. vibe, and you know, with that show. I mean, if you're looking for a good time, don't watch Mr. Robot. You know, no. if you're trying to be optimistic and upbeat about life, do not watch Mr. Robot. You know, I uh, I saw a very interesting uh, theory about Mr. Robot was that um, much like the cancer that killed, you know, uh, his goods was his friend's mom. Uh-huh. That that that's what this is designed to be. <clears throat> is it's designed to be a cancer that takes down capitalism. So each season represents a stage of the cancer. Oh wow! Okay. Uh, you know, and, and as I say, there is no stage six. Okay. Right? Is that is that a stage five? That's what's a, that's a Sopranos episode title, right? Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, I mean, I, Mr. Robot's really good. Uh, I highly recommend checking out definitely the first season if you can get a hold of it. Uh, I need to check out the second season apparently, so we can have an intelligent discussion about it. 
Because uh, Sam's been telling me to do that, by the way. This isn't like... Yeah, <laughs> just but, so it's clear. I, he did not spring this up. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but Scott knows enough to, to be aware of the situation. So, you know, like I said, like we said, if you're not uh, watching Mr. Robot, it's a really good show, despite what we say about it being bleak and, you know, not really optimistic about how the world is. Um, it's right. still a really good show. Um, Scott, I do recommend you watch the second season. It's not as great as the wow. first season, but still recommend it. <laughs> I'll do it. I guess. All, right. All right. You sold me on it. Gotcha. Uh, you sold me on it. Um, yeah, I think that there's a big difference. The other thing I want to talk about briefly about Mr. Robot is that there's a big difference in how um, on how the nerd culture is portrayed in Mr. Robot. Right. Even when you talk about the, so the comic relief guys, you know, that are more, you know, they talk a little bit more about culture like we do. Um, and how, for instance, like the Big Bang Theory portrays nerd culture. Yes. And I think that what's, what's great about Mr. Robot is they don't pander. Right. Right. They're just very direct, and that's something that I think that uh, has been hijacked by, uh, you know, those sort of, uh, you know, people are saying, oh, nerds are all about, you know, Green Lantern, and then... <laughs> and comic, you know, there's and comic book culture, you know. Right, and, and there's a sort of, like, a pity right. that comes in, like, oh, you can't talk to anyone or be sad or right. anything, and I think that Mr. Robot goes a long way to dispel that, which I like a lot. Well, another thing, too, and um, as far as hacker culture... Um, one big difference with Mr. Robot, it actually respects the culture. Uh, whereas mm-hmm. some other shows like a NCIS or CSI or, you know, some of those CBS shows that I loathe. <laughs> they, they, they have that one hacker um, that's on their, their team, their police team or what have you, uh, that, uh, um, that just, he just knows everything. You know, he knows how to hack into right. like the, um, um, to the corporation to find out what's going on and everything. He just so happy, and he does this in a matter of five minutes, you know, right. or less, you know, to keep the plot going, to keep it. Are you ready, <laughs> Sam? Do you want to do a reenactment? I'll be the hacker. You be the guy asking the hacker for something. We'll do Nerd Cyclopedia Playhouse right here. <laughs> All right, so we just found this. Um, 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 we found a um, we found a body, and we're trying to find out whether that. Uh, I can't do it, Sky. <laughs> All right, hold on. Let me check. <laughs> all right, his name is Dave Wilson. <laughs> you got all that out of that little that I said? Wow. Wait, hold on. Wait, hold on. You have more? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. That's a curtain call for Nerd Encyclopedia Playhouse. Ooh, well, hey. This just in. The Encyclopedia Playhouse has been canceled. <laughs> that quick, huh? Damn, CBS. It, Damn you. I, <laughs> they're quick on the trigger now. <laughs> they didn't even have a pullet. Man, jeez. <laughs> they ordered it to pilot just for spite. Just because it was so bad, they didn't want it to be on any oh, network. And then they killed it. Yeah, but oh, that's boy. a great example of how, um, you know, they disrespect hacker culture. Because it, it's a lot more that goes into, um, apparently by Mr. Robot stance, it's a mm. lot more that goes into, you know, the culture and, you know, getting things done and um, um, just doing things, period, as far as being on, right. online and um, venturing into, I guess, to the dark side of hacking. And the difference is that on Mr. Robot, it's like I sent him a phishing email and he accepted it because he's stupid. And then I got all his information and now I'm going to use it to blackmail him because <laughs> I don't like this guy. And that's pretty much <laughs> right, right. Or like the dude, or like the dude who's um, the dude who gives them. Uh, Are you talking about motivation? Rap CD. You talking mm-hmm. about motivations, like then? It, yeah, okay. yeah. So it's like completely like the way they they talk about it, it's different. So mm-hmm. it's not like. Uh, those other those CBS shows like NCIS that we're talking about, or like Criminal Minds, or right. like uh, uh, CSI, or any of those shows that all treat computer experts the same exact way uh-huh. and do exactly what we just right. said, they ignore the fact that it's not you know it's not magic, right? Right. <clears throat> but this stuff isn't magic, and it requires you know it's the same thing as someone who, you know, like uh, uh, like the show The Mentalist, right? Like that guy could read people's uh, body language and stuff and kind of figure out if they're lying right. or not. Well, it's a it's a skill like that. It's not something that's just magic. Well, you know. But then again, CBS is of course playing to people that don't know what computers are or, or do. really even and really just care. saw the movie Hackers. Yeah, yeah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm going into the internet and they put on a big headset. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Uh, 
Well, they're a procedural um, network, so, I mean, hats off to them. They still make their money. Anyway. Man, we have, we have strong opinions about CBS that I did not – I was not prepared. <laughs> to, to, I have strong opinions about one. CBS, so, you know. <laughs> Hashtag hate Sam. Oh boy! <laughs> that I will I will remind everybody that I do like it. I do think Elementary was better than it was supposed to be. Hey, I, I think I and I like the Good point. Wife. So okay, Whoa! enough shout outs for CBS. On to the next. All right, so talk about TV. I briefly want to touch on Mystery Science Theater three thousand. Oh okay. Um, I love that show. Uh, it's it's sort of ruined being around me to watch other things <laughs> for people because I like <laughs> I like to make sarcastic comments about stuff now. So. Uh, if you're not familiar, Mystery Science Theater 3000 is about, uh, it's basically a show where they play bad old B-movies, like Mano's Hands of Fate or The Invasion of the Pod People or something. Okay. And then they kind of make fun of it uh, going uh, going through it. So so there's uh, usually a human and then three robots that are just kind of in the cast. Huh. And uh, they are forced to watch these terrible movies and they basically, to keep their own sanity intact, make fun of them. Okay. Sometimes there's uh, there's movies like <laughs> they'll be like a salute to manufacturing and they'll do like fifteen minutes. <laughs> just I don't know. Anyway, if you haven't seen it, it's on YouTube. I highly recommend checking it out. Very very funny. They actually also did a uh, Kickstarter revival, so there's going to be a new season of that too. Oh really? Like Patton Oswalt's involved and Man Mira, so there's going to be some real neat. Uh, you know, there's going to be some real neat uh, work going on. I think with uh, MST3K coming out. Uh, I'm a big fan of MST3K, but it's free on YouTube, so, you know, you can just watch any of them. If I can recommend one, I recommend any of the Joe Don Baker movies. They okay. hate Joe Don Baker, and they get them pretty good. <laughs> I see it's on Hulu, too, like all 10 seasons. Oh, yeah, if you got Hulu or something. Not that we're going to, you know, yeah, so you can get it in a lot of different places. Highly recommend doing that if you haven't yet, uh, if you're uh, younger or uh, just, uh, you know, uh, don't watch bad movies. This would be a, a good entry point to that sort of stuff. Yeah, I got Hulu. I can pay for it and, and don't watch it. So, you know, mm, they're getting mm, my mm. money for nothing. You know, those over-the-top services, Sam, sometimes <laughs> they can be a little bit of a waste. Hey, it's only so much stuff you can watch, you know. I mean, you talk about you haven't watched the second season of Mr. Robot. I know why, because right. it's just so much stuff to watch out there. And sometimes it's so much stuff to watch, you just end up watching, rewatching what you've already, <laughs> what you probably already seen. Like, I'm, That's I'm actually going back through Game of Thrones all over again. In the meantime, I still need to catch up on my <laughs> other CW, you know, Arrowverse shows. I still need to catch up up on um some hbo shows and everything but here i am watching game of thrones all over again because i'm that obsessed with it well that's what happens you know you you rewatch uh and then there's sometimes you'll have new people that you know new group of new to the group of friends where you want to show them stuff. right right and so you'll rewatch with them yep. because you already enjoy yep. it and uh you know game of thrones and I'm, we're gonna i'm not gonna go into too many spoilers but people know that like that's a hard show to like desynchronize with someone yes so to even talk about, you know, so if someone's, you know, like just watching season two of Game of Thrones, <laughs> you know, they're like, oh, I like this character a lot. And you're like, ooh, <laughs> ooh. <laughs> like, I, I really ooh. love Ned. I love that guy. I hope he never <laughs> comes. What <laughs> story? So a friend of mine, a friend of mine uh, uh -huh. was watching that and I knew I knew she was going to watch that episode. Uh -huh. She. Uh, and I kind of like made sure I wasn't in the room for that. Oh. Whole, like, and she just started yelling. Oh, really? At me. She's okay. Like, uh, she's like, I hate this show. I hate it. Oh man! Hey, <laughs> take you right up there, and then just you know, um, push the chair under your under your feet there. <laughs> right. All right. So, what else we got going on in uh, the Muppets? The Muppets. <laughs> I like the Muppets. Jim a lot Henson. I used to like a lot of the um. The Jim Henson, um, Muppet Babies, and Fraggle Rock, all that stuff back in the day. Mm -hmm. Funny story for me. Okay. Uh, my school, when I was in high school, we did a, a show called The Extravaganza. All right. Uh, shout out to the Lindsay School, Wheeling, West Virginia. Woo! Oldest private school. East of uh, West of the Allegheny Mountains. About at 1814. Anyway. So. <laughs> Let's leave. So, uh, so we uh, did a show called The Extravaganza. You know, Statler and Waldorf, the old Muppets that. Uh, yeah. Kind of rip on everything. Right. Well, they had an idea my senior year that that I should, me and the football coach should do that. So, oh have, wow, there's a lot of pictures of media out there of me dressed up like you know the uh, uh, the old guys from the Muppets heckling heckling the comedy routines that they would do. Like it was 
it was pretty vicious. And they let they let me write a lot of okay. it. Okay. So like it was kind of mean. Okay. <laughs> so they let me be a little bit mean, which is really cool. Huh. So that's my that's my Muppet story. So there's actually some pictures out there in the AFOs like that. There are a lot of. All right. There's I'm sure that I can, there's probably six or seven thousand VHS copies of. Them, <laughs> so. VHS copies. I'm sure they exist. Oh man. All right. So uh, for sure. So. So we'll leave the Muppets be. But I like the Muppet movie a lot. Yeah, okay. I thought Muppets Most Wanted was eh. But the Muppet movie uh, that uh, Jason Siegel did, I liked a lot. That was the um, um, Amy Adams too, right? Yes. Okay, all right. Yep, yep, yep. Um, my, my little story as far as that, I liked the movie, but I sat mm. too close to the front. So mm. it really sort of distorted my enjoyment because it was so crowded that day we just found ourselves having to go to the front, which I will never. The last time I did that was <laughs> it's funny, too. The last time I actually set up front was on another M. It was The Matrix. OK. <laughs> <laughs> it was the um, the Matrix Reloaded. <laughs> oh, yeah. I sat all the way in the front and. um. I ended up not liking the movie as much. You know, I thought it was because I sat up front, but Nobody did. hindsight, Nobody liked that yeah, movie. hindsight, it was because it wasn't such a great movie. <laughs> let's let's diverge because the M- Matrix is an M thing, uh-huh. uh, and we can talk about the first Matrix in a second. But I had a similar experience of seeing the Matrix Reloaded. It was a you know midnight showing and like cra- crowded, 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 theater. right? And then they did that uh, like I will show these machines. You know, at Lawrence Fishburne's yelling machines. You know, <laughs> And they uh, and then they do that rave like in the middle of the yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. I remember just being like, "What is? Yeah, this. What is, what is this? Uh, <laughs> what like, oh, this is not the right Matrix now? that I grew up with. <laughs> is this a is this a dance party? <laughs> and then so there was all this anticipation for the second movie and to show you how bad that movie was. Mm-hmm. Nothing for the third one. I think I, I went and I was like, I have to. I guess I have to see how this. Yeah, ends. right, <laughs> like, right, I've right. Invested so much time. Right, right. So yeah, um, that was kind of like my experience too. Um, after leaving, you know, that Matrix Reload, we let, let's just start all over. As far as the first Matrix, very great sure. movie, very, very, yes. very good movie, groundbreaking movie, um, sci-fi, and um, 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 it really changed the way that that people looked at how you can actually do a science fiction movie for that time period. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, Neo and the whole philosophical thing on, you know, is he the one, is he not the one? Um, the red and blue pill. I mean, all that stuff. It was, it was just super, you know, and everybody, everybody knows 50 lines from that movie because I mean, I've seen it a billion times. <laughs> I think it was the first movie I wanted to watch when I first saw HD, you know, every time we got a new TV, I put it in right um, between uh, I know Kung Fu. And <laughs> <laughs> everyone knows that one. And and I'll find myself. I'll do even more obscure ones, you know, because I'm I'm a real nerd. So I'll yell stuff out like, mm-hmm. like at the very beginning when he goes, "Put your hands on your head, do it, do it now." I'll yell that at people. So do it, do it now. <laughs> like people won't understand what that's from. Um, the Matrix obviously did a couple things. One stylistically, yes. right? Uh-huh. That sleek sort of leathery, right? kind of, uh, you know, grimy, gritty uh, realities, right? Yeah, hyper-reality, hyper, hyper you know. that. Yes, um, so that style. Yeah. And, of course, things like bullet time and the wire stuff. Right. <clears throat> Very groundbreaking at that point in time. But um, Yeah, I mean, people, it's, it's weird, though, because, like, for someone who, like you or I, who obviously was familiar with, like, how movies look in cinema and, you know, uh, these sort of things we had a context right built up for the matrix uh-huh. so it came and it was different right it's divergent and uh but for people that are younger remember it's, it's interesting for them because now the matrix looks cliche <laughs> yeah and it's because so many of those things have been adopted yep that like think about think about how like through the movie 300 right mm-hmm. so how the movie 300 took like bullet time and all those zooms and you know circular you know what I mean? Like they slow time down and stop it, right. and then the camera would move, and then they'd st- you know they stab someone. So um, even just those sort of things, the technical technical things, look passe when you look at the Matrix. But it's it's hard to remember. Like no, this is what made those things into tropes. None of this stuff really existed before nineteen ninety. Is it ninety eight, ninety seven? It was like actually nineteen ninety nine that it came out. 
So they yeah, were... funny story. I was not old enough to get into a rated R movie, so I think I bought a ticket to Ten Things I Hate About You. <laughs> my friend, my friend Steve always used to make fun R- of me. R.I.P. R- R- um, uh, what's my man's name? Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger. Yeah. Um. Well, a funny thing too is that ca- that movie came out the same year as *A Phantom Menace*. So, right. if we look at how uh, revolution revolutionaries, um, um, I'm about to call him Spielberg, George Lucas was when he did the first *Star Wars*, or at least the first three *Star Wars*. Um, the Matrix came out that year and changed everything, and he came out with *A Phantom Menace*. Now, really, what if the the what if um. What if it was a reverse? What if Lucas came up with <laughs> Matrix style stuff for the Star Wars? How revolutionary would that have been? <laughs> you flip everything on his head, you know. And, and and the thing is too, the Wachowski brothers, um, well, which which is one is not a sister now. Um, they both are. I think they both are transitioning. They, oh, okay, all right. Um, so at that time when they were the Wachowski brothers, they probably got their influences from George Lucas, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, did. I mean, you can definitely see, you know, the sort of science fiction uh, influence from Star Wars. It's almost the lived-in sort of quality of the Star Wars universe, which is something that differentiates it from Star Trek. Was certainly present in right. the Matrix, uh, especially in the uh, the second level, right? The blue level. Right. I want to call it the blue level because there's the green level, the blue level, and then who knows if that's the final right. level of a uh, you know uh, simulation. Um, so for sure, I think that there's a lot of influence there. But yeah, I mean, George Lucas just decided, it's like, nope, we want everything to be sterile now, right? Like, that's kind of what The Phantom Menace was like. And also, Jar Jar Binks, which I know we said we weren't going to talk about it anymore, but seriously, no. No. <laughs> no. Uh, Imagine if they had, a, like, a comic relief character in The Matrix like that. Oh, man, that would have just... Like, like and it, uh, it couldn't be an alien, but imagine if, like, they were like, all right, we've got to go to this thing. And then someone, like, there was a guy in the background, mm-hmm. like, with a bunch of, like... Uh, like uh, pies or something, like going, whoa, whoa, like dropping pies everywhere. <laughs> like that's pretty much what George Lucas did. But anyway, yeah, The Matrix is uh, super cool. And what's really neat looking back on it is how, you know, that movie came out during the infancy of the of the internet. Yeah. And the infancy yeah. of cyberspace and, and the dissemination mm-hmm. of information on a wide scale. And, and you know, it's just like a dial-up internet, it, it right? It was ahead of his time. Yep, definitely. I mean, he was... Basically, I mean, remember the beginning of where they they first come into, and we got Neo at home, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like uh, he's a uh, he's like basically Googling Morpheus, right? Pretty much, right? He's taking him, it's like taking forever and ever, and right? Ever and like ever. old dial up and everything. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's it. It was amazing. It's so it's so funny that the mo- those two movies came out three months from each other. I know. You know, it's like Isn't that weird? I would definitely say that you could say that the Matrix for sure is. I would call it the most influential science fiction movie the last twenty years. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it set sure. it set the groundwork, like you said, stylistically with like the leather. You know, X Men ripped that off <laughs> when, mm-hmm. when when their first yes. movie came out um, back in yes. I think two thousand. So I mean, it was a right. definitely a lot of influence on a lot of comic book movies nowadays and the wire work and just whole special effects period. So. It definitely had its groundbreaking um, aspects about it. Now, as far as the last two movie, I w- um, two movies, I would say that um, while they weren't the greatest, I did like their philosoph- philosophical aspects. Beyond that, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, the first Matrix will always do it for me. Well, yeah, I think the the second movie had some interesting points, mm-hmm. and then the, then the, I didn't like. I just thought it was weird that that they were doing all that. All that dancing just seemed bizarre to me. <laughs> like I was just like, this seems like a weird thing to put in the middle of this movie. Like I don't understand. Well, it. I mean, other movies have um, copied that. Spider-Man Three, they put dancing in the <laughs> middle of. The- <laughs> Listen, I really like the symbiote style storyline, but it's okay to it's okay to say that wasn't a great great movie, right? For sure. So, so. That, but the third movie was like, you know, again, more like the whole, you know, bringing the source code back into the Matrix through the, the real world. Right. And that sort of that sort of storyline was sort of weird. Right. Um, I did like the battle for Zion. I thought that was an interesting, well done kind of, uh, you know, uh, story. That was a battle at the end, right? Uh, yeah. With, between him and the final battle with um, the agent. 
Right. Okay. All right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it always sets up my, you know, the conflict. I, I just don't understand the conflict. It, it, that's the point, I guess. I would. I will always make about yeah. this is that you know, there's no need to. It seems like to oppress someone like the machines wanted to oppress humans. Or to be fair, like the animatrix said, that humans oppressed machines. Right. right? Machine intelligences. Mm-hmm. It seems like it takes a lot more effort than just putting together a, you know what I mean, like an economy. Right. Where it's like this is optional, right? Right. Like you can opt in to being here. You can be. You can do whatever you want. Right. So. Um, it just seems like, a, if anything, maybe the lesson of that movie is that, you know, authoritarian uh, oppressiveness is stupid. Because it is. I mean, well, who cares? Like, why make someone do something when you can convince them to or bribe them to, right? <laughs> Parallels of shades of real life. Anyway. Um, anyway. <laughs> all right. So that's The Matrix. Um, Yay. Very good movie. Um, all right. Yes. What else we got? Um, well, another movie franchise that we can touch on briefly. Nope. I'm not a super huge fan of this uh-huh. one, so I don't have much to say about it. But there's Mission Impossible, okay, which is yeah, the, like I'm a couple referring of those specifically, movies. yeah, the Tom Cruise movies. I mean, it's it's you know, say it's Tom Cruise, it's that's all I got. He has an impossible <laughs> mission, you know, that um needs, you know, saving the world. I guess um, they can put on disguises that are like foolproof in a Shakespearean way. You know, a Shakespeare, like any disguise someone puts on is perfect. Right. It can never be able to tell. It's like, right. like a girl dressed up like a guy or like, you know, your own brother or something like that. Like, you know, uh, so they do that Mission Impossible and a lot of other absurd things. So, uh, you know, um, beyond, uh, I like, I like, you know, they're good. They're good to put on in the background. It's one of those mindless ones. You yeah. Kind of, kind of like a Seabrass procedural. Um, Yes. Anyway. Yes. Just like a CBS procedural. Who cares? We can acknowledge that it exists. Some. Oh, it's very popular. <laughs> but you not. You don't have to really put your mind into much. it that much. You know, just look at that right. Tom Cruise, and you know, you're done for today. So. You know, quality wise, it's not. Uh, maybe not it's a serviceable move. Bar. Those are serviceable <laughs> movies. So you know, let's just call it for what they are. You know. Right. Um. Speaking of other M's, how about? The one of the bigger ones, um, Marvel, Marvel. Yes, Marvel the, the, comics. The, the okay, are we talking about Marvel comics, or are we just talk about Marvel the Empire <laughs> at this point? Um, well, let's let's start talk. Let's focus in on. Okay, let's start by talking about what Marvel did in the sixties. Okay, and then we can talk about how the characters. How, then we can talk about how what it is now. Right. So. So Marvel Comics was, uh, was basically, I mean, Stanley, Jack Kirby. That's who really formulated a lot of the main, uh, the main Marvel universe. Right. <clears throat> Steve Ditko. And it was almost designed, right? And it was designed to present superheroes existing in a more realistic world where they have issues like picking up their kids from school and stuff. Girlfriend right? issues. Um, yeah. Teenager issues. Um, right friends fighting and everything versus what DC did, and, you know, which is straight up superheroes and, you know, they loved each other. So. Right. So they didn't have, you know, Batman and, and Superman are super friends. Yes. Right. But the X-Men had a lot of personality conflicts right. uh, between, you know, nobody liking Bobby Drake because he's a smart mouth and, you know, Scott Summers being kind of, a, you know, you know, stick in the mud. Right. And then, of course, Wolverine being Wolverine. So I don't know how else to put that. <laughs> <laughs> Logan being Logan again, popping them claws, you know. Yeah, yeah. So always uh, trying to hit on Jean is, Grey. You know. Right. Really likes Jean Grey. No one knows why. <laughs> yes, we do. Everyone knows why. It's because she's hot. So he's, Logan's not that stupid. Right? Like, we all so uh, this is the Bronze Age of comics that was dominated by Marvel. Right. And uh, this is all happening about the same time that. The Batman sixty six series came, which is something else we talked about at, at length. Um, just to give a historical context, and uh, between Spider Man having like issues with his like paying the rent and stuff, right. and uh, the X Men, what's uh, super sized X Men, which was a much more uh, once they did giant size X Men number one, it was a much more multicultural team, right? With you know uh, people from Africa and. There's a guy from Japan and stuff, so yeah, yeah, there's a much more... Yeah, the Indian in there, too. Um, for a little bit, yeah. for just a couple. 
shots. <laughs> they killed him off. Pretty, yeah, pretty pretty quickly. But they had him in there, so you know, at least he, he was there. counted for a second. So right. Uh, and so those characters that they created, resonate. So mm-hmm. you know, obviously Spider Man uh, and the X Men were the big ones. Fantastic Four is another one they've never been able to really translate properly to. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just not modern. Maybe that's it. It's just a, maybe Fantastic Four is more of a function of its time. Somebody, some, someone will crack it. Um, it's just I, I get. I don't think anybody wants to put that heart and effort into them. But someone will crack right. it. You know, Fantastic Four was their first. Was their first. Um, superhero squad you know it was um, right. an antithesis of what the justice league was in the dc because they actually had those problems like you were saying you know the um mm-hmm. the interaction and you know between the the the, the different uh re richards and the thing and you know sue storm and everything you know the first family mm-hmm. and saw that um and they argued fight and you know hit each other and, and everything you didn't see that in superheroes before that time right right um and so those characters resonated, and, and Marvel sort of became kind of the more prominent of the two major comic companies. But DC got to the movies first. Right. Because the, obviously, Superman was like 76, and so all the Superman sequels with Christopher Reeve, and then Batman in 89 and 92. Um, and the first real, 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 like, Marvel movie was probably, I mean, you could say X-Men, but that's, again, we've talked about how that sort of aped the... Uh, the Matrix style. Right. Um, the first real Marvel movie, I would say, if you really wanted me to say when this incarnation of Marvel started, was actually Sony Pictures' Spider-Man 1. Um, I thought that that was the beginning of the whole, uh, the stylistic, you know, progression of Marvel Marvel movies. Not the, not necessarily the Marvel, you know, movie universe, which obviously started with Iron Man. Right, right, right. Well, that that I acknowledge for sure. Yeah, that's that's a whole different aspect right there. But yeah, as far as the, what what put the Marvel stamp down um, was the Spider-Man movie. X-Men, um, as popular as it was, it wasn't really a mainstream team that people really. Mm-hmm. It, it was X-Men weren't household names like a Spider-Man was. And if we want to go a little back, you know, back further as far as the movie aspects of Marvel, Blade was really the one that you know jumped everything off. <sighs> You know, the first Blade movie, you know. Um, people, Did you know Wesley Snipes refused, refused to answer to any name but Blade when they made that movie? No. Did you know that? He was, so he, he would, like, he, he was in character he the whole time. The, he hated the director so much he would only talk to him in, in post-it notes and he would sign them Blade. <laughs> Wesley Snipes. Oh, man. Boy, good old Wesley. But, um, yeah, that movie was an uh, unexpected surprise for um, – um, a Marvel property because comic book movies back in the nineties, well back in really back then period, even before the nineties, um, they weren't really respected as anything beyond just being, you know, moneymaker. I mean, just comic books, you know, as far as it was so many, um, non-successful iterations of different stuff back in the day. Like us, they, they tried the Spider-Man thing. They tried the Dr. Strange thing, you know, ironically back mm-hmm. in the day, they tried different aspects of superhero stuff, Captain America, fantastic Four, so many failures. So finally, when blade came out, um, they didn't expect that movie to do really well. It did right. really, really good for its time at that point in time for a Marvel movie. And it um, sort of got Marvel into the aspect of making movies about his characters. And then that's when the X-Men came along and did even better. So mm-hmm. Hollywood started to see, okay, these movies can actually, you know, be um, make a little bit of money. So when Spider-Man finally came along, it finally set in stone that Marvel is here. You know, Marvel um, put their red logo there and told everybody in Hollywood that, yes, we are here. We are uh, ready to, you know, put our characters and finally have our characters respected um, in the forefront of a mainstream movie culture. Mm-hmm. So you're right. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man was really the first the first stamp or the, the stamp of approval for mainstream, I guess, moviegoers to say that these characters can actually be taken seriously. And it wasn't that, <clears throat> you know, a lot of times you would see sequels where they were cash in sequels. Right. And in Spider-Man and X-Men, the second movies of those cycles are the best. Yes. Like X-Men 2 is the best X-Men movie still. Yes. It's really good. That scene where Wolverine finally knifes that guy right in the in the kitchen, right? Sort of flipped the switch and made the rest of that movie awesome. Yeah, 
the you know the whole fight with with uh, Doctor uh, Doctor Octopus, uh-huh. and uh, even throwing in you know the Goblin kind of a little bit, you know the foreshadowing really gave it a serial sort of construct. Right. And I think that the success of the second ones mm-hmm. is what really sort of ginned up the uh, you know the idea like oh well I bet we could do this with other right. <laughs> like I bet we could do this with other characters. It doesn't have to necessarily be tentpole. Right. And so while DC you know, in uh, Time Warner, I guess, uh, mm-hmm. kind of ran its, um, well, you know what, I don't even want to talk bad about DC, because then, of course, Batman came out, and then Superman Returns, which was a flop. Well, well, uh, well DC did run their Batman character <clears throat> down into the, um, <laughs> down into the dumps there with Batman, was it Batman Forever, and then Batman and Robin? Yeah, I think Batman and Robin was 97, so this might have happened, that happened before. Oh, okay, okay, so, I see what you're saying, okay. But then the reboot of the reboot of Batman was two thousand five. Yeah. Dark Knight was two thousand eight, right. and then Rises was like eleven. Right. Um, but but really, I mean, really turned Marvel into the sort of empire that it is today, which is Disney owned, by the way. Right. Uh, was of course the Iron Man movies, the Avenger movies. Uh, that's now the sprawling, just, just freight train of success. I mean, even Doctor Strange made a hundred million dollars in its first weekend. Right. right? Mm-hmm. And that's not a. That's a character that even as someone who was actively reading mm-hmm. like X-Men, like a subscriber to X-Men, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like the 90s, like I didn't have a whole lot of, I didn't know who that was really. Like I knew that he existed and he was like magic guy. Right. That's what I thought of. <laughs> right. That's what I basically thought of him when I was 11. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's the dude that's got magic. <laughs> uh, yeah, I didn't really know who this guy was. And now you throw ben, Benedict Cumberbatch in there and boom, it's a, it's a, a billion dollar Property. Yeah, I mean, that really is a testament of how much Marvel has built their brand up over the years. And, and let's not forget, um, before even all this happened, Marvel was on the brink of bankruptcy with their comic book line. Right. You know, mm-hmm. they actually had to sell a lot of their um, um, a lot of their property to some of these, you know, movie companies in order to, you know, not go out of business at, you know, some point in time. That's why Sony had that's why Sony and Fox had the X-Men and Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. So that's not so. The real reason that you're seeing so much more, uh, oh, one of the the reason you're seeing Spider-Man now is that Sony came to an agreement with Marvel and said, no, we have to, we have to get some of this sweet, sweet Marvel MCU, <laughs> you know, cinematic universe money instead of trying to go off on their own and, you know, f- hire a second Spider-Man or not let Spider-Man interact with these characters. So, um, you know. In other words, they messed up so bad on their own. They had to get my, they had to get their parents to come. <laughs> They had to get the birth makers of Spider-Man to come and actually do it right, you know. That's right, Iceman. <laughs> let's, let's remind Iceman that remember those Spider-Man movies were failures. I just want to make sure the second set of Spider-Man <laughs> movies failures. I just want to make sure that we're clear about that, so that you know our listeners that are opinionated know that yes, they are bad. Hashtag hate Scott. Hashtag hate Scott. Hash it up. But yeah, Marvel. Um, yeah, it's 2016, and um, they're still they every movie. They're 14 movies in and every movie, every single movie that that the studios come out with has debuted at number one. That's mm-hmm. a testament for a really quality, uh, a quality laden brand right there. You know, every time right. a Marvel brand, it doesn't matter at this point what character they do come out with, it's going to be number one at the box office for at least the first week. You know, like they're not even relying on the on the inherent hue factor for the uh, for the character anymore. I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy. I never even heard of it before that movie came out. That movie right. was awesome. Right. That was a really good movie. Right. That, that <laughs> right? was a great movie. And I, I've heard of the Guardians of the Galaxy, but I definitely was not fans enough to think that, OK, why are they doing this movie? You know, mm-hmm. um, but lo and behold, it really worked on the screen. It, the character development right. was really good. I mean, for um, all four of those characters, five of those characters, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and they actually made a talking raccoon uh, a household thing. So that, right. that was really awesome on Marvel's end. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's Marvel. So um we'll probably be getting into a lot more m's as far as marvel's concerned you know at some point in time but yes yeah, it's, it's just so much stuff to talk about with marvel that um i mean right. we can have our own separate podcast as far as that but i mean this this is a basically <clears throat> it's worth probably I, I don't know what it's worth but what did they get bought for like five billion dollars or something like that yeah some Di- crazy amount disney, of money. disney bought it disney was smart enough to recognize a um 
at the point in time, good thing you brought that up. At the point in time before Disney brought it, everybody was thinking Disney was being stupid. Why are you buying this this company? You know, um, whose characters aren't really popular. You know, that are. Um, I mean, besides Spider Man, they only have Spider Man and. Uh, X-Men, and that's it. And they don't even own those. They didn't even own the movie rights to those characters at that time. But lo and behold, Disney saw uh, opportunity, and they are reaping the benefits off that. Um, when Disney first... Ask me, ask me to find out how much uh, that Marvel buy was. How much was the Marvel buy by them? I think it was like... Four billion. Or it was four billion like dollars. It was four billion dollars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this just in: Encyclopedia Theater canceled again. Such that's, that's hacker culture at its finest, folks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Ooh. but um, but if if you really want to bring it back to nerd culture, period, I would say mm. nerd nerd hacker nerd culture geek culture period has um, Marvel to thank for their representation because if you're a nerd geek you know whatever you want to call it you can't not really say that marvel didn't have some sort of influence on your life right so that's true i guess thank you marvel for that <laughs> oh, hooray for marvel you know hooray for school hooray for school you know you shared comic <laughs> books and stuff with your friends back in the day and everything you know yeah. talked about who will win between hulk versus thor you know you're now seeing all these things actually play it out play out on screen where it was just a comic book fantasy back in the day so yeah testament to marvel i mean 30 years ago the incredible hulk was that TV show, <laughs> Luke Ferrigno and Green Paint, and look at it now. Oh man! I mean, right? it's just scaled up. Yeah, that's that's what I think about Marvel. Right? Yeah, that's the difference between thirty years ago, yeah. basically Lou Ferrigno and Green Paint. Now it's <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's it's incredible. Um, all right, so what else we got, M? Uh, okay, I'm gonna move on to some video game stuff. Yes, yeah, I'm gonna touch briefly on it. We're running a little long, but it's been a really fun episode for sure. Okay. So. I definitely don't begrudge that, so let's not... Look, going forward, let's not say I'm whining about this commentary. No. I'm not whining. All right, so I want to talk about <laughs> about a video game thing that starts with M. It's my favorite video game thing. Okay. Um, my favorite video game series, my favorite video game character huh. is Mega Man. Mega Man. Mega Man is um, a series of games that started in 87 um, for the NES, mm-hmm. and basically the idea was they wanted to create a game where... It was a rock, paper, scissors system. Okay. So, like, you could, after you beat, completed a level, the uh, the boss of that level, you would be able to use his weapon. Uh-huh. And then that weapon would be the weakness of another of another boss, otherwhere in the system. Okay. So, part of what made the game unique was that you could pick the, any route you want. So, you could do the game in any order that you would like to do it. Okay. And then, you would, the idea was to try to figure out, you know, whose weapon affected who okay right so um that's essentially how it was developed the story is that there's a an evil guy named dr wiley right and he's working with a a good uh scientist named dr light because they're you know they're heavy on they don't want to they don't want you to get confused about who's evil and who's not right um real basic Right. So Dr. Light makes all these household robots and industrial robots and dr wiley reprograms them and sends them on a rampage so Dr. Light reprograms his, like, butler, basically, to be able to assume the powers of these robots, and he sends them out to fight them. Right? Okay. That's pretty much the story. And they made six for this for the Nintendo. Okay. Uh, the NES, uh, 8-Bit. Um, my favorite's Mega Man 2. I'm actually a speedrunner. I speedrun 8-Bit video games. I don't know how much. I haven't talked about it a lot. Because uh-huh. I've been, you know, it's been a gradual process for me getting into it. Uh, but Mega Man 2 is the game that I do. Pretty much, I focus on making me too. Okay. Um, I not to. I'm not gonna do too much bragging, but you can check me out on on Twitch slash Twitch.tv slash schitch. Okay. Um, and I do speed. You can check out some of my runs. Um, my current personal best as of today is 3303, 33 minutes and three seconds, and that is I think for without glitches, it's like I think I'm tied for 59th right now. Oh, okay. So, you know, and that's ever. So that's that's the game I play a lot. Um, but some of the mechanics, you know, you can shoot, jump, you know, uh, slide. Uh, Mega Man's known as the Blue Bomber. Okay. And then uh, they, when they moved to Super Nintendo, they actually changed the series to be a little bit more adult. So the themes are a little bit more complicated. And 
instead of Mega Man, you're a character called X who is, uh, you know, has uh, free will, basically. Okay. And so they copied all of his programming into all these robots who run amok. So instead of it being a human that's sending the robots to run amok, they're running amok on their own. Okay. So the, the philosophy gets a little bit different. Huh. It's really, really interesting, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a... Um... It's, Mega Man's a, it's, it's really a lot of history in that character and that game and everything. I do. I just remember playing it back in the day, back in 1987. Right. <laughs> like you said, when, it, when it came out, I remember playing the first Mega Man and just was um, really enthralled on like how it, uh, how he was able to fold and go into a ball and everything, you know. And I think that's Metroid. That is Sam and Sam. That's Metroid. You're thinking of Metroid. For you sure. know what? I do. I think you're right. Metroid was the one I'm thinking about. Okay, so I'm getting my M's mixed up here, buddy. Wow. Hashtag hate Sam all day gone day. Man, you're going to have like the um, Twitch culture like all up at me and everything. You know? Hey, I didn't listen. <laughs> you, first of all, I'm going to point this out for people that don't. This is I'm going to peel the, pull the curtain back a little bit, but Sam does the editing. So anything that's in here that, he's, <laughs> that he says, he left. <laughs> like, you I know what? I'm going to chop this. that right out there. I'm being serious. <laughs> I will not get any hashtags on that one. I know that point. <laughs> oh, man. But, um, yeah, Mega Man, um, it was a really good game. <laughs> a lot of them. Yeah. yeah. It's a really popular series. Uh, yeah, highly recommend checking out. Uh, maybe not not just my channel, but mm -hmm. any of the channels. It's a pretty good, healthy speedrunning community built around this game. So. Okay. Uh, highly recommend checking that out. Yeah, Hitch, he's he's really good in the like the um the speak um culture and everything, you know, with with those games and stuff. So, definitely props, definitely props. All right, all right, all right. So, um, what, what what are we gonna end this off with? Well, I want to talk Star Wars characters. Okay. Um, M. We're gonna do uh, Mon Mothma, who is essentially the leader of the Rebel Alliance. Okay. She's featured um, in a lot of the Star Wars episodes. Actually, I think she's in 4 and 6. Uh -huh. She's the one that says that a lot of Bothans have died to bring us this information. Right. And she's in. Uh, she's kind of in charge of everything in episode 6. Okay. And she is going to be featured prominently in... Rogue One. Um, Rogue One. Yeah, so she's going to be in Rogue One, and uh, that's going to be pretty nifty. Yeah, that's going to be pretty so, decent. I'm definitely looking forward to that movie. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And she was kind of briefly featured in *Revenge of the Sith*. So, uh, Mon Mothma, she's a senator and uh, kind of works with Jimmy Smith to beat the Emperor. Was she in any of the um of the TV shows? She was in the *Clone Wars*. Okay, she was in *Clone Apparently, Wars*. Apparently, okay. yeah. I'm not I'm not super into the *Clone Wars*, but yeah, okay. uh, she's in that. So that's Mon Mothma. Okay. Yep. All right. Anything we're booting out this week? We're kicking out. Gee, I don't know, man. I mean, I guess probably. <laughs> can we boot out the Matrix rave scene? Can we pretend that never happened? <laughs> like, can yeah, we just that act was, like, um, you know, just like the Spider-Man dance scene with Peter Parker. That was just something yeah. that should have never been, you know, um, taking place there. I mean, I know what they was trying to accomplish with that rave scene, but no, the execution was. It should have. It should have just never been in that movie. Period. So let's kick. So just we'll give it the boot. So we'll we'll just say they cut from uh, Morpheus giving that speech where he says machines because I want to keep that. I don't want to cut that whole scene out. <laughs> I want to. He gives the speech and then it cuts right to to Neo talking to the old dude down by the power generators. Right. Boom. <laughs> That's what we'll do. We'll cut that out. It'll be perfect. Give it the boot. All right. Woo. All right, people. So we shall see you guys um, when we see you, and uh, we definitely uh -huh. appreciate you, you know, listening to our Nerd Cyclopedia podcast. Um, find us on Twitter, you know, at Nerd Cyclopedia. Um, email us if you want to, you know, give us some feedback at Nerd Cyclopedia Podcast at gmail dot com. Um, uh -huh. You can um, also check out our website, Nerd Nice Nerd Nah. NerdCyclopedia.com. And what else we got there, Scott? Um, I don't know. Is that What else do we have? Is that about, <laughs> oh, yeah, we're on iTunes. Yeah, on right? iTunes. Oh, Obviously, we're on yeah, iTunes yeah. and all the other uh, podcast aggregators. Uh, rate us. Uh, again, uh, you can put whatever you want in the review. Uh, this week, I'm not you know, going to tell you what to put in there. But it does have to be five stars or else 
I am going to give you the business. The business, as he says, every time he comes, you know. I'm going to give you the business. The business. All right, people. So let's 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 keep hope alive. Let's keep the optimism going up into 2017, y'all. Okay. Happy Thanksgiving. Hooray. <laughs> and um, you know, let's 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 just 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 a bit. Let's just be better people, people. Okay. Yeah. All right. So take us out, crazy man. Hooray for crazy man. Yeah. yeah.